it's your show, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We will take your calls about anything. That is the point of the program. We'll start things out by going to your calls. Eric is in Georgia. And Eric, you're on the amp line. Good evening. Hi, Ian. What's on your mind tonight, Eric? I, I just wanted to ask you about some firsthand knowledge about stamping onto Federal Reserve notes, because I heard when you did your tax protest, you said you stamped Free Talk Live on the dollar bill. Yeah, on about $2,001 bills and then paid property taxes with them. I had about about 2,700 bills, but it was just such a grueling process, and uh, I didn't have anybody to help me stamp so um, I did it all by myself, went through about 2,000 of them, then, then gave up. Shortly thereafter, the local newspaper printed an article about how these stamped bills were showing up all over town. So I was a little concerned that the bank that the, the, the government people use was going to take them out of circulation because there were so many of them all together, uh, all at once. And if you're, sending, uh, if you're sending a bunch of money into the bank and only a few of them are stamped, they're probably not going to think anything of it. But if, if it comes through that there's $2,000 that comes in with stamping uh, being, you know, stamps uh, applied to them, then, uh, and we're talking about ink stamping here, of course, uh, so ink stamps on them, then that might encourage them to say, okay, well, let's just take this batch out because the tellers have that individual choice. Uh, the teller has the, the decision as to whether or not a, a bill is mutilated enough to pull out of the system. But they didn't pull them, and so that's a good sign. And uh, I got free publicity from the, yeah. the local newspaper that wrote an editorial piece about all the art, uh, about all the dollar bills showing up around town, which is a, a great news. They weren't particularly happy about it, were they? No, it was actually fairly positive. Uh, I mean, it wasn't really a glowing piece. They did kind of rip on me a little bit uh, for low budget advertising, basically. But <laughs> at the same time, they're acknowledging how effective they are because they wrote a damn article about them. God forbid anybody actually get involved in promoting something that has anything to do with capitalism on the dollar bill, which becomes worthless day by day. And it's a you know it's a great venue for promotion, as far as I'm concerned. I the first time I saw it being done was with the Where's George website, where I'm saw sure one yesterday. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah. you've got these uh, bills all around the country that have Where's George dot com on them. You can go there and punch in the serial number and find out what different places they've been punched in on the internet before when other people have had them in their hands. So bills really move around quite a bit, and it, they're always reaching new eyeballs. So I figure a great place to advertise and cost me next to nothing. I mean, cost me the cost of the stamps and the uh, the ink that I have to re-ink with from time to time. What were your thoughts or questions or whatever you had on your yeah, mind? Yeah, I, I'm glad that you could tell me some firsthand information because I can never trust what I read on the Internet. Um, and I'm looking at the Bureau of Engraving and Printing website, and it says that you'd actually have to somehow damage the bill or change the number on it or yeah. somehow make it intent with intent to render such items unfit to be reissued. So. Yeah, the, the intent I have is to advertise freekeen.com and advertise freetalklive.com, uh, and I never make so, a point of stamping directly over top of a serial number. They're saying okay. that, that that it's illegal to deface a bill or whatever. What's the punishment? Well, it said, I think six months is the maximum um, Yeah, yeah, it shall be fined under the title or imprisoned not more than six months or both. 
Well, does is that per bill? Because usually when uh, you see instances <laughs> yeah. like this, you would see a, a punishment that would you know they they bring up two thousand counts of this. Yeah. And so really, I'm wondering. I I mean, what do I have to do to get the six month penalty? Do I have to rip a hundred dollar bill in half? Hmm. I, I, it's done. So often, people and, rip bills in half. So what? And Mark, if you were in jail for that amount of time, uh, would it be possible? I, you might have a little bit more knowledge on this than I do. Uh, that someone could bring you some cash, and because you got a lot of spare time on your hands, and you could spend it stamping bills. stamping bills. That would be fun. I uh, no. The answer is no. <laughs> okay. So, okay, any other thoughts cool, tonight, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I ordered custom stamps for like ten dollars for my podcast, podcast at Eric Fontaine Jazz, and so. I look forward to using that as a, a method to promote promote my podcast and my music. Yeah, pretty much what I do is, uh, the way I operate it is, all the money in my wallet is stamped, and so when I go and I spend something like a 20 and I get change back, I fold that in half and stick it in the in my wallet so I know what has not yet been stamped, and, and when I get a chance, I pull that, un, I pull that folded, unstamped uh, bill uh, pack out and stamp them and then put them back in my wallet. It's just a constant process of every bill that, that comes in is getting one stamp on the front and one stamp on the back. So it's actually, for me, it's it's two stamps uh, per bill. So good luck oh. out there. Oh, Th- thanks thanks yep. for your advice. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything. And coming up here tonight, Reader's Digest. In fact, we'll, we'll get right into it here. The, the continued yeah. death of the magazine print. and print, uh, newsprint world. Uh, Reader's Digest, one of the, the mainstays on the magazine scene. I mean, this is it's a, a great magazine. It's, a, it's a, a company that's been around for a long time. Reuters is reporting that apparently they're going to be filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yeah. And the media company known worldwide for its family magazine filled with general interest and inspirational stories has been trying to cut costs since it was bought in 2007 by an investor group. Uh, the bankruptcy would take the form of a prearranged filing, blah, 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 blah. They got a lot of money they owe and et cetera, et cetera. So, so the question is, will they be closed enough shop on the, on the uh, magazine or will they use the like bankruptcy it. to keep themselves going and be protected from the people who are their creditors. Uh, yeah, it looks like they, it's, you know, they've got a deal that's been negotiated and yeah, hammered out. Yeah. So they're going to keep rolling forward, but not a good sign, right? I mean, when you have to file for bankruptcy, it means things aren't going very well for you. But you know, you, you think about it. I remember hearing about two months ago some New York talk show, and someone was saying lamenting the death of print media, and say, "Where are people going to get their news?" I'm like, "Have you gone to Twitter recently? Have you gotten on the internet?" Because people don't. There are some people that don't. It's it's amazing because they they keep thinking that there will be no more people out there who will make a living on reporting on particular subjects of interest of people if if they are of interest to people they people will find ways to make money on it well that's the way it goes no one lamented the uh the role of the town crier the the the, the disappearance of the town crier yeah. um i mean i don't see all the people out there holding signs well, maybe uh, they did you weren't around it, it, they very well could have. They could have I, had a bailout for the criers. Did. I haven't heard anything like this of you know the people saying, "Oh my God, we just don't have the town criers like we used to." <laughs> well, you know the it's problem. All these upstart newspapers uh, with all their lies and bull crap. Who can't you can't trust these people? They aren't checked and vetted like town criers are. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the problem with the criers is that they were already crying. So what can you do? But I think it's it is amusing actually to see these people who have been 
indoctrinated. They grew up in this environment where they just can't understand this weird electronic box called the interweblog mm-hmm. net. And, and they look at it and they say, where do you get – you know, I signed up to Twitter a while ago. I get more immediate information, more knowledge from Twitter and going to different groups, different websites. You go to Freekeen. You go to all sorts of different sites where people concentrate on what is interesting to them. Right. You customize your, your news experience yeah. as opposed to having some editor sitting there uh, who you don't know deciding what you get to read. Exactly. I mean, it's so totally an, an advanced – it's obviously a 21st century thing, and uh, here we are. But you're right, Gardner. There are people that are still stuck in the 20th century. They yeah. refuse to uh, to move forward, and that's okay. It's just that they're going to run out of things to read eventually. I mean, that's the way it seems. Some some papers are managing to kind of stick around, but they're not doing well. No. Their business is down. Their rates are up. Uh, the, the newspaper around here increased its rate. It's 60 cents for a daily paper now. <laughs> Well, and, and it's so thin. Yeah, There's it's... hardly any content in there for six for sixty cents. I understand inflation's probably a, a factor too there, but uh, n- nonetheless, it's it's getting more and more difficult uh, by the day to do the the print business. Absolutely, couldn't it, couldn't have come about in a worse time either. Of course, nobody's spending money on well, very few people are spending money on advertising nowadays for newspapers. Circulation goes down, internet circulation goes up, and uh, they don't know how to handle themselves. Uh, I think the people like you guys, uh, we've been able to do pretty well with Liberty Conspiracy with advertising, and, and it works out. And and of course, you know, you ask people, "Hey, help us out, donate." You get the donate button. You guys uh, have uh, have a, a great idea with the AMP program, and people who are interested in these sorts of things will help out. Interestingly enough, on Reader's Digest, they were always very free market oriented on many of their nonfiction reports. So that is a bit lamentable, but who knows? Maybe they'll arise on the internet in some other way. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Our, our friend Mark Emery from Cannabis Culture Magazine just shut down his magazine recently, but he's still going strong online at CannabisCulture.com, and he said he's even you know, got enough money to pay people to write things for him. So more coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are there, and there goes our music band. I think we have dropped off a, cliff. a bad connection. Yeah, but I was, what I'm I was playing air drums, so we could just have me just keep doing it, you know. The uh, network will be dialing us back here shortly. So bear with us. Well said. That's really just for the internet listeners. Nobody else can hear us. That's right. Uh, and <laughs> here they are. There they are. Are we back? Do we sound okay? Can we move ahead? The toll-free number. Excellent. We are good. Yeah. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, and you can bring up anything. That's the point of the program. And don't forget to visit us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include live streams. We have a broadband version, a dial-up version, and a webcam, all completely free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And I'm proud to say that we're close to being almost bulletproof on the Free Talk Live Internet streams. Not quite. With bulletproof. Quite, meaning that they will never go down. Right. Like we have uh, the, the the one of my contractors was here today working on a generator install. So if we have a power outage like we did a, a year ago, Mark, where the, the the power went out for like two hours or something like that. Luckily, it was toward the end of the show, but the power went out for two hours. 
that's something my uh, uninterruptible power supplies can't handle. I mean, we might be able to go for another 20 minutes uh, on a, on battery backup, but you need to have a generator in place. And so I'm going to have that where if the power goes out, we'll be able to stay on the air, at least presuming the Internet company's power stays on, uh, we'll, we'll still be on. And I've got two Internet connections here at the house. So if one Internet connection fails, we've got another Internet connection. So I'm slowly making it next to impossible for uh, for everything to so be what if, silent. What if somebody, the, the hackers, come in with the uh, what interruption of service or denial of service uh, attacks? I mean, what, is that going to have anything to do with it? That is a possibility. You're right, Mark. Uh, so there are certain things you just can't control, right? I there mean, are a lot of socialists out there. I mean, and, and they all they really need is, is <laughs> one good um, social, uh, programming socialist, right? Don't give them any ideas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Actually, we've got a, a professional IT team in place uh, behind the scenes on our battle. Server. That much is true. Battle of the brains. Yeah, I'm sure they would be able to handle any such things coming about. Uh, all right, we go to your calls about whatever you want. I'm going to Chris in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. You know. Chris. While I was sitting on hold here, a, yes. a city truck just came by and knocked my mailbox over. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's not your I mailbox. Wonder, uh, Chris, it is not your the, mailbox. I'm sorry. That's an illusion. Once you put that thing up and it said U.S. mail and it's out in front of your house, it's the federal government's point, mailbox. Yeah, but you get to buy the next one, not them. Yeah, yeah. I wonder who's going to pay for this here. My yeah. wife's dealing with it right now. Yeah, you might but I thought about taking the mailbox off of my house. I'm, I've been toying with that idea for a little while now, but I just need to get to the point of having all the bills and everything come to my private mailbox and then maybe i'll just lift the uh the postal mailbox because up here in Keene in downtown area there are no mailboxes as you might be used to having like you cannot have a mailbox that's in the ground Was all the mailboxes the house? yeah all of them are on the house and you know they're circa 1910 or something like that so I'm thinking just take the mailbox off the house, and then you won't have to deal with that stuff anymore. You're perpetuating the system by having a mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, who knows? Well, listen, I've just, uh, I've, I've just gotten back from a, a two-week trip camping in Canada, and I took no electronic devices at all aside from my iPod, and I downloaded a bunch of your episodes for the drive up there and back, and it's a long way from Texas. So. Wow. Yeah, it is. It, what a trip. It, I, I did a little bit of thinking on the way, and... Uh, Ian, is, I'm, I'm going to kind of take Mark's side a little bit here, and I, I wanted to pitch some stuff off you on the whole idea of voluntarism. Okay, sure. About two years ago, I went to Cambodia, and well, Southeast Asia, really. I was backpacking through the area, and Cambodia specifically is kind of what I wanted to wanted to talk about. When I was in Thailand, I was given a, a little bit of advice when I was going to Cambodia to not take the bus and Just to don't drink the water by a plane flight. And uh, anyway, so. I ignored the advice and I took the bus, and it was the absolute worst bus ride, bus ride I've ever taken in my life. What would you have had to have spent to take the plane as opposed to the bus? Seventy-five bucks for the plane, ten bucks for the bus ride. Okay. And was the bus run by some private company, or who ran the bus? Yes, this this is what I wanted to talk about. Cambodia, if if you really get into it, if you have a government that's completely ineffective and does absolutely nothing, and Every everywhere you look, it really is the free market in action, and it's a it's an absolutely beautiful thing. It's it's wonderful. It's it's awesome. It's amazing. Everything about it is really really cool, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Is that it? It started with the road here that I took this bus trip in. Well, the government doesn't maintain the road, and as it turns out, the airline that flies from Bangkok to Siem Reap, which is the little city in Cambodia I went to, which is where Angkor Wat is located. Well, the airline actually pays money to not fix that road so that more people will fly in the plane. <laughs> uh-huh. 
And the government, their their sole source of income is is, from my understanding, I'm I'm no expert, but this is in three months of talking to people around there. The government's pretty much sole source of income is aid from the U.S. and other countries and mm-hmm. whatever. That's how they operate, and all the money is confiscated by the or stolen by the officials that work in government for their own their own use. It's not really allocated to the government of Cambodia. Got it. So anyway, when I was there, um, first I, I took the road, and I was kind of thinking, man, I really should have taken the plane. So it's kind of a, a buyer beware situation. I should have thought about that a little bit more. But some of the things that, that I find is there's a, a large lack of police there. I, I don't really ever remember seeing a police officer anywhere. I know they're there, but I never saw one. When you go into a restaurant, you can order uh, – a good example is they have what they call happy pizzas, and you can add whatever drug you, you want to take onto a pizza. And wow, it's, it's like whole, what kind of drugs? Well, they had mushrooms. And they had <laughs> marijuana. I mean, they, you yeah. really could get whatever Eat the marijuana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, sure you, you know, will. Or you could ground, you buy it, it ground up? Is it, um, is it yeah, marijuana ground up? They, however they do it, I think they, they mix it in and they, they mix it with butter to make mm-hmm. some kind of compound. Yep. It, Can't however, get the oil. however you make edible, edible pot. But, uh, anyway, Neat. so yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And, and at first glance, this is really a great place, but then some, some more shady things start happening that, that really lead me to, to question some of the things here. Okay, sure. Like what? For instance, walking down the street, there's people that come up to you and, hey, you know, you need some drugs. No, I don't need any drugs. You need a woman? No, I don't need a woman. What about a child? Oh my! You like a kid? No, I don't need that. Well, what what are you into? I said, Well, I'm you know just really wandering around. Well, then you know one guy pitches an offer to me, and and it's funny because I saw this in a movie somewhere too. But this actually happened to me. Is some guy asked for me to blow up a cow with a rocket launcher? <laughs> it's it's five hundred bucks if you want to do it. Wow. <laughs> That's the price. You have to buy the cow and the cow. And the rocket. Free. Sure. And the rocket. It's 150 bucks for the rocket and 350 for the cow. And anyway, the wow, that's amazing. Said no and was it cheaper for it, a sheep or a pig? <laughs> I, I actually did ask that question because I was curious. And he offered a dog and he offered. Poor dog. It's been a couple of years. I can't remember the other things. But yeah, I mean, he said, if you hmm. want to save money, don't get a cow. Get you know, a cheaper animal. <laughs> and I asked, well, how do you go about this? And he said, well, we just go out into the fields and find a farmer and buy a cow from him. I'll help you do it all. I want more. I want to hear more about this. Hang on. We're going to bring you back. 800-259-9231. Is this what the free marketplace will look like in America? We'll find out. We can talk about it. Your ideas as well. What do you think about this? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Is this what happens in the absence of a group of men and women enforcing their way on people by threat of violence? I don't know. We'll find out. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 
Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include the updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose. And in every genre, you'll find it at Audible. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Just go to audio, um, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. And get your free audiobook as we continue taking your calls. Chris is still on the line with us. In Texas. Now, Chris, you were telling us about how you took a trip to Cambodia and that you were giving us some of your observations from the experience. It was just as recent as a couple of years ago. And you say that uh, you believe it's uh, it's essentially a free market, that uh, there doesn't seem to be any sign of government around, that it's your understanding that they get a lot of their money from foreign aid from other countries and they just funnel it into their own personal pockets and you were kind of giving us examples of some of the things that you were considering a bit shocking, uh, like being offered the opportunity to have sex with various different people of various different ages and also blow up a cow. You probably could have had sex with a cow had that been something you wanted to do. Uh, I think you could probably pull that off in America. Probably. It all depends on who you know. So you were just going down your list of things that uh, were were interesting to you, and I wanted to make sure you had time to continue that, so we can and then we can dig into whatever conversation comes. Well, yeah, I basically, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much done with that. I mean, I'm to be absolutely accurate here. There there are police there. I just didn't really see them, and I'm sure that they do the same thing over here. Well, maybe not to the extreme that they probably do over there, but there's a lot of police just take your money from you. They pull you over and make up some crime and take your money. But mm-hmm. um, aside from that, you know, there, there's big pluses here. I mean, the, the, the great part about it was I paid, I paid for something for its value, right? not based on taxes or, you know, some inflated price because there's some kind of system propping up the price for something. I mean, if I wanted something, I paid what it was worth. And I think that that's a, a wonderful way to do, do business, and I, you know, it's a, it's a very pleasurable experience when you can go out and find pretty much anything you want. So, what would but, what would you say that your main concerns would be that you wanted to discuss with me as far as voluntarism is concerned? The yeah. idea that human beings should operate on a voluntary basis between one another and not uh, initiate force upon peaceful people. Yes, uh, uh, it seemed like when he came in with the conversation, he was going to be sort of challenging the idea that voluntary societies could uh, act not only more ethically and morally, but also could have better results for people's prosperity. Right, and, and I he heard was the, taking Mark's side a little so, bit. And I'd heard the so suggestion, and I heard two suggestions that were pretty outstanding. One, the roads were bad. Two, uh, uh, questionable services being offered at the street level. So I, I guess the, the, the way that I'm going to challenge is, I hear you say this really often, which is, you know, the market will find a way to handle that. And my view of that statement is if there's a demand for something, the market will find a way to supply it. I agree with that. What that. Regardless of what that service may be. And I think that if you really get into a, a voluntarist-type mindset, there's there's some pretty negative things that would happen to society as a whole. Take, you know, take child sex, for instance. That's there will be one. a child sex trade. Those people are disgusting. There already that, is. See, that's that's. I, I was hoping you were going to bring that up because uh, what I, we're talking about is not elimination of something. Uh, what we're talking about is 
uh, capitalism finding ways to reduce the amount that this happens. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the different mindset is, will the government blanket tend to retard this from happening? Or will capitalism end up allowing people to congregate? If you believe that generally most people think that child sex and child slavery is a bad thing, then rely on the market to take care of it. Do you think that, Chris? I believe that if you are interested in something like that right now, your best option is to go to Cambodia rather okay. than stay here in the U.S. And I it's think that not- there's a certain sex tourism uh, element out there in the world that is aware of such things. They're aware that those things are easier in countries like Cambodia. I think I've also heard Thailand is Thailand, a big yeah. uh, supplier, the Philippines, other places like that, where there's a very you know poor, destitute population. Uh, as you were saying, the government there is probably very corrupt, uh, they they exist, and if you started running a business there, it's very likely you'd be paid a visit uh, by some of those government people, and they would let you know what their terms were uh, to allow you to run a business. So for all you know, the government's been taken over by the you know it's, it's the the government essentially is a mafia, and so the question is, well, you know, what kind of scruples do the people that are running that particular agency have? Uh, are they willing to look the other way uh, when it comes to the guys, the street urchins offering people sex with, with children uh, on the streets? Because if they are willing to look the other way in return for some sort of payment or payoff, then it's very li- unlikely that any of that's going to be enforced. Word's going to get around around the world by via the Internet and whatever forums these folks t- tend to, uh, to hang out in. Word's going to get around that you can go to these places and here's the questions that you need to ask and here's who you need to talk to yeah. and you'll be able to find what you're looking for. So it becomes a focal point, much in the way that the uh, you know Amsterdam is a focal point for marijuana tourism because well it's it's more tolerated there. So of course, considering the rest of the uh, the world is fairly intolerant towards marijuana, a lot of people will get on a plane in order to go to that one place where they can get those things. If that was more decentralized and more uh, pl- places had those freedoms or they had freedom in those areas then you'd see less of the, the tourism factor because there'd be more places to go to. Like It'd be like if Vegas wasn't the only casino city. There right. were you know one big casino city in every state. Obviously, t- Vegas's tourism would be hurt pretty bad there. But I think that uh, property rights is also something we need to talk about here. And I know, Gardner, you've been, you want to jump in, but I just want to sure, mention this. Sure. I went online and I looked during the break for property rights in Cambodia. There's a property rights index that came up. And Hong Kong, of course, top of the list, uh, excuse me, Singapore and Hong Kong, tying the top of the list at 90 each. And this is for that their continent, okay? So we're not including the United States or, or anything like that. So in their continent, Cambodia is listed at 30. So you know, basically with a third of the property rights that you can find in Singapore and Hong Kong. So it's a, it's a real stretch to say that Cambodia is a, is a free market. Uh, and I think that the world that we're proposing, and when I say we, Gardner and I, I think it's fair to group mm-hmm. us together on sure. this one. Yeah. Uh, the, the world we're proposing, a voluntary society... People have to come to that point where they understand it and they accept it in order to get there to a true voluntary society where there is no coercive apparatus of the state. And property rights is a fundamental factor there. Fundamental. In that, that's what it's all based off of. You have your property. You get to set your rules for it. So if you don't want some street urchin on, you know, out front of your corner store peddling sex or whatever he's peddling, 
then you have your uh, your rules, and they respect those rules because private property don't? rules. Be, then you have your you have your protection agency that will come and remove the unwanted uh, individuals from your private property. What if they come back? Then you would have to re, you know you'd have to remove them again. What if they come back? Again? Well, I don't think the issue is whether or not they come back. The issue would really be that these people would you know buy some land five miles out of town and set up their their child brothel. Or you know whatever service dog fighting cock fighting you you pick it the the thing is, the thing about it is that it it's making it where it's it can be done openly now the only real problem these people would face is ostracism but when it boils down to it if there's a community of people that enjoy this particular thing whatever it may be that 99 percent of society would deem very unacceptable it's going to have to be allowed because it's their property I. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm going yeah, with it. Uh, Chris, uh, you know, you present a fascinating uh, a fascinating thought experiment for for us here. This this I this is just the kind of thing I really enjoy discussing. Uh, not not to particularly the subject of child slavery or child sex, but um, the 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 idea that there I have two I, two concepts I'd like to explore. Make One a note. is Make if a you note. draw it to the extreme and and maybe we'll go there. We're going to get there the to both of them here in moments. Chris, we're going to hold you through here. It's an interesting conversation. You can bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. The scary scary world of the free market. People would be able to do things that of course they're already doing just in secret. And would they do them in the open in the free market? I don't know because ostracism is a factor. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link. The prices are still the same great Amazon prices. It's just that Amazon's taking a cut of their profit and sending it to Free Talk Live. So enter Amazon through amazon.freetalklive.com. You can order all kinds of products. Books, of course, is what Amazon made their name on. And uh, Gardner, your book is available through Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. It's called Live Free or Die by Gardner Goldsmith. And so you can get that in dozens of other categories filled with probably millions of products. It's a tremendous selection and great deals at amazon.freetalklive.com. And we're talking with Chris in Texas, who is still with us here, talking about his trip to Cambodia, some of his observations about you know what he saw. He was offered at one point uh, to you know to be able to blow up a cow with a bazooka uh, and to have sex with children. Uh, so his concern here is, well, what about the voluntary society that you and Gardner uh, talk about so so often, Ian? What about what about you know children, sex rings moving together outside of a city, and what would happen in that particular case? You know, this stuff would be going on in the open. Sure, you could ostracize them, but you're you're sounding pretty distraught about this, Chris. And I wanted to bring you back and you know continue this conversation. And Gardner, you had two points or two things that you wanted to mention before we went to the break there so if you could uh, recount that. yeah yeah chris uh, again you know this is a very fascinating subject of course it brings up some dark uh nuances to human behavior and there are things we we have to deal with these are the sorts of things that present dilemmas or at least hurdles for free marketeers to have to jump over and and explain to people how we think 
uh, human behavior and human society works. And so um, I, I sort of immediately thought to myself, okay, what if we draw this to the extreme? You've got, let's say you've got uh, a group of people who are pedophiles and there is a market for children in, in the world, okay, or in some, on some continent somewhere. Um, and let's say these people are ostracized by the free market society, right? They're, they're not allowed to do business with those people. These people shun them. They make private agreements to not do business with them if they're discovered to do business with them, to give children to them, to do any sorts of business with them, then they will be shunned from that society as well, from this free market society. It's now one of their rules, hypothetically. Right, and we're presuming yes. in this absurd hypothetical scenario that these people would actually congregate in one location to make it easy exactly. to identify who they are. Exactly, because, drawing it to the extreme. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise, I don't imagine many people would want to wear something like that on their sleeve, so it would otherwise be likely in the real world be pretty difficult to identify who is, you know, the child sex. And that's that's fascinating because again, uh, and and we'll make this point a little bit later to reiterate this. Again, you're relying on generally what we see as uh, as popular or or, or majority or something human characteristics. Most people don't like dog fighting. That sort of thing. Yes, right. yes, precisely. Okay. I don't know that no. uh, dogfighting has, uh, over the ages, become less and less popular. You think most people like dogfighting? Do I think at some period in time that Right people, now, do you think correct. most people like dogfighting? No, most okay. people do then not. my statement stands. Your most statement people does don't stand. like dogfighting. However, um, one might be able to make the argument that the reason that people don't like the um, dogfighting is because the laws are in place that have made dogfighting uh, largely unheard of. Yeah, but see, the, see, but that brings me back to my point. We're, we're kinda, kind of going to be going around in circles. Why are some of the laws in place? Sure. Because people vote for because representatives. People don't want them. So, so what but we're really, doing is... When you look at Greek society where having sex, um, men having sex with young boys was relatively common, one really does have to ask the question, which came first, the law or the prohibition? Well, that's, that's an excellent question. I reserve that because I'd love to explore that if, if we get an opportunity. But to, to Chris's point, let's say we get to this extreme, it's extreme point, you guys. Um, now, there's this society on some island where it's, it's child rape island. And I don't mean that frivolously, but to use that as a term so you know what we're talking about, the, the uh, pedophiles go to this island and they congregate there, hypothetically. Um, now, let's say there is a market for these, these children. A, uh, there will be a certain percentage of those child rapist people who would not want their own children to be raped, and there would be a percentage on the island who would not mind that their child's children got raped or they would rape their own children. So, I mean, it's pretty harsh <laughs> stuff, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty harsh. Okay, now, now you've got that. You say to yourself, these people are ostracized. The private society already has rules. If you, if you uh, break those rules, then you're not going to be a part of the private free society, and you will be ostracized from, from the good people who are opposed to this, this happening to children. Now, you could say to yourself, well, it's possible that those people would then go try to kidnap children from the society uh, in which it has been banned. Uh, now, if that happens, happens today, exactly. If that well, happens, wait, then wait, you've wait, got... wait, wait. That that's let me let me just interject and give you a different scenario because that's not realistic because they would get shot. Exactly. The, what's more realistic is right now, and for the love of God, I'm not advocating for big government here. I'm get rid of every last bit of it that we possibly can, with Mm -hmm. the exception of a very, very 
less than 1% of what we have now. But what's more likely in your scenario than kidnapping is we're going to see the elimination of right now, if you want to adopt a child, there's no, no real cash incentive you can give aside from we'll pay your medical bills. But in a free market society, how much is a kid worth? You know? I mean, if these people we can have see any that um, money, how much a kid is worth uh, by the foreign adoption. Um, you know, the, basically people are willing to pay somewhere between ten and fifteen thousand dollars to adopt see, kids from foreign countries. One it, would assume, and it's just this is just just you know the way people are. One would assume that they would pay a little more for a child that looks like them eth- <clears throat> ethnic-wise. Um, I'm not saying everybody would, but some people would, and I think that would drive up the price for uh, you know uh, kids of a of a local er- locality or whatever. But so we we already know the kids are worth between well, ten and fifteen thousand dollars. Well, see, I think well, the predicate here uh, there are two two points to the predicate that I wanted to bring up. One is again, um, if you think that the majority of people out there are opposed to a particular bad piece of you know a particular kind of behavior. Uh, then, then you don't need government. You don't need to pass the laws because these people will come up with their own parallel to government, their own protective services to stop this from happening, and they will have measures in place that if people do these types of things, there will be punishment, there will be ostracism, and so on, voluntarily agreed to at the outset when these people go into this societal agreement. So what we're seeing here is the the second point would be, well, yeah, but you're bringing up what if there is a market incentive that's so great it trumps this? And what I'm saying is that there will always be this sort of black market out there. The question is, I think, and and we can wrestle with this ourselves, how best do you most efficiently deal with that? Do you deal with it through a system where the people who are already opposed to it, the majority of them, have their money extracted from them, and it might not even mimic how much they are opposed to it? It might be less, it might be more for the government-run protection service. Meaning if they had their own druthers, they might give more money to that kind of... Exactly. They can't... You cannot calculate it properly in a government system because there are uh, there are opposing forces pulling money left and right you I, can only gauge it precisely in the market i would like to to jump in before we get to the end of the hour here um and and point out here's another uh, side of the coin that is not getting mentioned here by and large the criminal justice system that we have today is to protect the perpetrator um or the the innocent accused the fact is, we in this country, you're, we're still getting on um, that there are places, cops are relatively new things, okay? The law enforcement system, relatively new things. Just, le- just reading uh, recently about uh, the Quakers and how they were treated in Calvinist, uh, the uh, Massachusetts Bay Colony. Um, what's going to happen is that... These people that are the child rapist people are accused of that. Likely you'll have hordes of people to descend on them and rip the, the skin from their bones. That's no, what's going to happen. I definitely couldn't argue that. That's what would be different from here versus Cambodia. Well, I, I, mean, I would hope that be. I would hope that wouldn't be the case because I would hope people would have come to the conclusion that uh, in order to be free, you must allow others to be free as well. And right now we have a situation in this country where there are some people, and I, I bring this up every time because it's a great example. The weird religious sects that are out in Arizona and Utah that live out in the middle of nowhere that essentially teach their kids like nothing else lives in the world. This is it. This is everything. You don't want to go out there. Everything else is scary and evil and satanic. So just stay here and we're going to have sex with you, uh, you know, you 10-year-old girls. Uh, that's that's basically what happens. The the boys are, are 
are shoved out of the community. The old men have sex with multiple uh, young girls. And it's exactly what you're talking about. It's exactly what you're talking about. And it exists well, today. And those people are in charge of the governments in those areas. So what do you do about that, Chris? And I'll bring you back because this is a great conversation and I think it's important to have. And you sounded like you said I had something to say there. So more coming up here. What do you do about the fact that those things are happening today? How about the fact that the... Uh, the government's programs that label people as sex offenders in many cities is driving them all to the same trailer park on the outside of the city limits. More coming up. Hour 2 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And that's freetalklive.com. Last hour, we uh, had an extended conversation with Chris in Texas. We actually held him through the break. So for those of you just tuning in, the conversation has been about... The Voluntary Society, which I have discussed many a time on this program, Gardner, the nights you're here, we certainly get in, have gotten into the topic uh, quite often. Mm-hmm. And so inevitably, when pre- presented with an idea as radical sounding as, hey, let's get away from this whole monopoly on violence thing that we call the government and move toward a society where people interact on a completely uh, consent uh, basis, voluntary basis, We'll call it the Voluntary Society, for lack of a better term. And so Chris has been talking about his trip to Cambodia and how he experienced some things that, now, of course, he said it was free market feeling to him. It's not really a free market. There are still people that call themselves governments there. Property rights is uh, sucky compared to some of the surrounding countries like Hong Kong and Singapore. Uh, So clearly the kind of basis for the voluntary society we talk about, which is property rights and a respect for property rights amongst most of the people in the the population, it doesn't exist there. So it's comparing apples to oranges first and foremost. But nonetheless, it led us to the, uh, the conversation that has come up in the past about child sex and dog fighting and cock fighting and whatever other undesirable activities that might be going on. In the uh, so-called free marketplace. Now, we have to acknowledge, first and foremost, that these activities are going on today in a restrict in the restricted market with the government around. It just goes on in the underground. It, essentially, they're all black market activities. They're relatively, uh, you know, the tracks are well covered from time to time. Somebody will uh, get caught red-handed doing something, Michael Vick or, you know, some pervo. 
touching kids. Uh, so sometimes, you know, it'll boil and bubble to the surface and everybody gets outraged, then it goes away and they pretend like it's not going on. When in point of fact, if somebody gets caught doing it, then that means there are other people out there that have that same interest that are doing those things. Just all it's it's completely underground. And I also wanted to point out, and as I did during the last hour, briefly toward the end of the hour, that Chris's kind of scary scenario was the idea that, well, in a free market, these people might move together and then, you know, molest their own children or, you know, whatever. However, they'd get the kids. They'd get kids and they'd move together and they'd touch them uh, and, and rape them and, and stuff like that. And uh, and I'd, I'd like to point out that's happening now. I mean, it's happening in Utah. It's happening in Arizona uh, where the, and I, maybe more places. I know it happens there because I've seen reports on these people. They're these religious sects that, you know, call themselves very devout Christian types or whatever religion they call themselves. I, I think it's some sort of Christianity offshoot where basically if you're a male, you have multiple wives and your wives can start as young as, I don't know, 12, 11, 10, something like that, uh, to the point where you're having sex as a, as a man in, the, in his 50s or 60s or 70s with multiple women who are in many cases very, very young. Uh, the the young boys are ex, are essentially exiled from the community, kicked out and sent on their way. Yeah, and they you know they just keep having sex with these women, making more babies, and you know continuing on down the line. And what are you going to do about that? That was my question to Chris because that's happening right now in the current government world. And Chris, you're still with us, so you're yeah, back. I am, I am, and I I agree with you to a point on that. Um, I believe it's the SLDS church that you're referring to in Arizona. Yeah. The leader is that, what it of that is? okay. I don't know. I believe I believe that's what it was, and I did see a news report that the leader of that is in prison, and he's been in prison for a little while now. Now, obviously, he's not the only one that was committing whatever. There's a fuzzy if, line, which if, I if definitely you agree if you were the authorities and you caught somebody that was doing this, wouldn't you call them the leader? <laughs> well, they. I mean, he he didn't deny it. He was the head of the church. I mean, he was he was the one that did all the. You've seen an interview with this guy. That. Because generally, I, I have, the perpetrators don't get a lot of uh, you know press time. Well, there's there's numerous articles in Time and CNN and Fox News. I mean, it's all a year or two old, but I did follow that particular yeah. thing. And I've seen the same stories. I just, has, I, I, you know, this is one sect of one of these, but these towns are all over yes, the, are. the Southwest. Oh, but, definitely. I, I don't want to argue that. And point. they all I mean, have their own could, leaders. They're not all following the same marching orders of one guy. And well, you could go to Saudi Arabia where it's legal to, you know, the, I don't think the government government sanctioning something makes it right or wrong, um, more so than underage marriage, which is what the issue is with that church. It, uh, those those girls are put in a position where they don't really have a choice to get married. So at some at at some extent, it definitely is rape and or or however you want to. Well, that's from your perspective. That, but it's that's but that's just from your perspective, Chris. From their perspective, it's the way things are naturally uh, set up to be. This is their life. This is their lifestyle. This is their community. These are the rules that they follow, and it's all completely normal for them. For you and I, it seems bizarre and twisted and and weird. But for them, you know, they've been getting along that way for decades upon decades, if not uh, much longer than that. Well, I agree with you. I, I'm not trying to argue that point at, what, at all. I what mean, are you trying it, to say? I guess a, a good way to describe it would be my daughter is six years old, and mm-hmm. I cannot I cannot imagine watching another child of that age that clearly has no ability to consent to something as serious as marriage being sold essentially sold, and it happens it happens all over the world. I mean, sure. in are every you going to sell your daughter? I, no. Then what's the what's your concern? I guess is what I'm what I'm wondering. What other people's okay. daughters? This, 
this moves to the next level that I really wanted to talk about with the voluntary society. I apologize for saying I'm so long, but oh, we kept you on. A, Don't worry about it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. But in a in a truly voluntary society, what I really see happening, and I play this out, and I'm not trying to argue it. I'm more trying to decide if it's the best course of action. Is it really the best way to go? And what I really see in it is a very, very precise caste system being set up in our society. If you are born poor, with the exception of charity, you are almost definitely going to be con- confined to that for the rest of your life. Why would I mean, you? Why would you say something like that? I mean, what what evidence do you have that in the ability to, uh, if you had the ability to make whatever kind of uh, economic moves you wanted for yourself, invest in whatever businesses uh, you wanted to invest in, start whatever kind of opportunities you wanted to start, uh, that you'd be stuck in your economic class? It seems to me that have, the uh, the more oppressive a government is, the more likely you have a class system. Well, I think that, and and at a, at a point it's happening now where the wealthy will suppress the, the poor and put them in a position, for example, the roads in Cambodia, not to use Cambodia as an example, but the airline is forcing people essentially to use their product and what you will have is a wealthier corporation buying up the ones that the smaller competitors in order to force people to buy their product now you have a choice because everybody will sell their company to whoever wants to buy it is that right for a price for a price there's always a price on everything i i'm a strong believer in the almighty dollar can buy anything so so now you're propagating the bill gates will uh, control the world kind of argument which uh, suggests that you know one wealthy man uh will be essentially be able to take over the entire free market society i mean it's absurd Absolutely what you're talking not. about that's Yeah, that is absurd. There's no way one person could actually do that. However, when you get into smaller niches, for example, Microsoft and Linux, you guys argue that point a lot. You know, if Microsoft could crush Linux, at this point, there's nothing stopping other people from springing up and creating another one. But if they had the ability to, it would certainly be in their best interest. But their most likely ability to crush Linux is by getting some sort of legislation passed as opposed to buying out Linux. It's, that's a very difficult proposition. I've been asked on this show, well, Ian, if they came to you and offered you millions of dollars to sell the show to Clear Channel or something like that, would you take it? No, I wouldn't, because I'm not just in this for the money. And I think there are a lot of people that are in their particular business, whatever it is, because they love doing what they're doing. They they started it, not you know, if they're in the medical, medical profession, they're in it in many cases because they love to help people, not necessarily because they wanted to line their pockets and play golf every day, uh, because they wanted to give people the uh, the assistance and, they were looking for. And, and I have to say, Chris, uh, you know, your your thought process really runs counter to centuries of economic history and real economic axioms, uh, such as the very concept of the division of labor being beneficial to man and also uh, the uh, idea of uh, relative advantage coming up uh, where you see countries that are coming out of, for example, Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong was a basket case, but they allowed for greater private property. Uh, they allowed for greater investment. They they pulled away the government, and all of a sudden you start seeing standards of living rising in those areas. As the standards of living start to rise, as those people who were downtrodden and would be seen by many socialists as being exploited, as they gained, they learned more. Their skills, they were able to aggregate themselves and start their own businesses. This is how the market works. So they become their own competitors. It's wonderful. Thank you, Chris, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. And moving on, take your calls about what you want. It's Free Talk Live.
It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whether it's the issues of the day or paranoid fantasies about what the free market will actually uh, mean to somebody, we'll talk about anything here. 800-259-9231. You know, that's... uh... Such an unfair characterization. The fact is... Yeah, it's, it's paranoid to suggest that uh, you think that in the free market where there's property rights ab- abound and the freedom to choose and may do your own thing, that uh, somebody's going to be able to come in, buy up all the competition in some given industry, and lord dominion over everybody to the point where nobody is going to be able to advance out of the class in which they were born. One can Ludicrous. look at historical examples of um, you know how humans have interacted, and you'll see that slavery is rampant. And I think that that's what the concern is, and I think that it's a valid concern. I don't, I'm not sure why that's a concern. We're talking about a society where the only way you'll get a to it in the first place... A society that has not yet existed, so we're going to need to get there step by step. And the only and way I'm to get the there... opinion that, that showing people the promised land with all its gritty under underside is is really not of any value when really what you want is steps um, steps towards liberty. The only way you're going to get there is by helping people understand why it's beneficial, because if people don't understand why a voluntary society is desirable and beneficial, then we're never going to get there in the first place. If they do come to that conclusion and they do come to that understanding and then we get there, then we won't have the problems that uh, people are suggesting because the paradigms that people are running on will be completely different. A couple questions for you, Mark, as well. I would assume that you are not in favor of antitrust laws. I am not in favor of antitrust laws. Okay, excellent. <clears throat> and so the idea is that a company that has gained majority or very large market share has gained it out of pleasing the customer or the consumer uh, if they have probably, not. Probably through government connections But, uh, but let's say in a, in a free market, uh, before we started seeing all these sort of glad handling things in such massive numbers, uh, you, you, you get an example of uh, IBM. Um, they gain market share. And yeah, we, IBM's a really good example, actually. Yeah, we can, we they can did get a lot out, of government contracts. I was going to say, that, defense uh, contracts and so on. But let's say you've got a company, Coca-Cola or something like that. Which, of course, is not a good example because, because uh, they the, get the competitor to... Uh, to uh, Pepsi is, is huge. That's, so. that's true. But, but let's say, hypothetically, yeah. you've got a company out there that's doing very well. Um, some of the early railroads, the same sort of thing. And, and, they, and, they, and they, they, they stepped in. The government stepped in and wiped sure. them out. Um, so you've got these these laws. Now, you would be against the government stepping in because many people say that those companies exploit the consumer, that they would gouge the consumer. The consumer has no alternative, no place to go. Now, what a, would you apply that same sort of thing? You don't need government in that case because consumers, there's always the possibility of somebody else coming in and offering a product. So the companies never go beyond a certain point that the consumer is not willing to accept. It is the based on... The, the vast majority of the people in the capitalist system, and they could start going elsewhere. So would you then, would you say that that sort of logic, that analysis of human behavior would not apply to other types of things that we see as as malicious behavior, that uh, people would somehow continue to flock to these types of things despite the fact that it's really not that popular, they don't really like this sort of behavior, unless government were involved to stop people. So you're you're asking me more specifically if I think that uh, child sex would abound in the absence of a government because uh, 
people, uh, you know, people would then be unfettered and allowed to do such a thing, or or that people would be exploited by businesses, that the children would continue to be exploited by businesses because there's a market for that exploitation. I don't think that there would be a big. I don't think that you would see big business behind uh, child sex. I think that more likely what you would see is uh, mobs of people uh, using force on individuals who have initiated force on the children who cannot make a decision about sex. That you would see um, likely uh, people being, uh, you know, killed in their homes. I don't that think kind of he was talking about child sex. I think he was talking about businesses buying out other businesses. And well, no, no. I was trying to apply that that sort of paradigm. That's why I asked the question to the to the child sex oh, exploitation type type concept. So, so I guess your point, really, Mark, if I can distill it, grab onto it myself. Free market justice. You'd see free market justice, which which do you think that that then could cause the free market society to collapse into? Uh, battling sections of free market societies. I think what you would see is injustice because uh, uh, you would you would see people accused of being a witch. I mean, uh, a child, uh, uh, you know, a ch- child sex advocate or whatever mm-hmm. practitioner, and uh, people would jump to conclusions because there wouldn't be, uh, you know, due process of law. Because and people don't want that stuff, right? They don't, they're not interested in due process. People really don't care about due process for other people. They only care about due process for themselves. Yeah, but it's the same sort of thing as I don't care about other people buying a box of cereal. I only care about that for myself, mm-hmm. but you get the best cereals out there, and there's a market for it. I'm just expressing my concern. There's a market for justice because when somebody's wronged, it's not just them that's that's harmed. There are a lot of people that can be affected by somebody who's been harmed. There are people that are connected to them, their family members, their co-workers, people that they're doing business with uh, that are affected by that, that individual being harmed or removed from the marketplace. So I think all of those folks want to see real justice, and they, uh, I, think there's a, I think there's a demand for it out there. But, Mark, if you're saying that people don't care about that, then maybe you're right. And then they get what they get, right? Because we've got a crap can justice system today. We do. All right, let's continue with your calls. Rich is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rich. Yes, I have a question. How would you respond to somebody who thinks that the root of our health care problem is the insurance company? Oh, man. Oh, man. You know and I know that the the root of the problem is government control of everything, licensure laws, Yes. Prohibition, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I got to tell you, you know, we talked about this last week. Uh, this, this, you're going to, what you got to do is you got to distill about 80 years of history in uh, a very brief answer to these people. You say, okay, uh, first of all, we don't have a free market in this. Uh, states impose all sorts of regulations on businesses that force them to have to pay for people with pre existing conditions. Uh, then people can drop their insurance policies until after they get sick. Uh, the Only the sick people are left paying their, their policies. And of course, they make a lot more claims that drives rates up. The government. Uh, makes doctors uh, perform these particular services for Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, They don't pay the full amount. Those charges are then put onto the private insurance companies, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And if you can bring up examples of uh, private health care, the way John Stossel does, in areas where the government does not have regulations, like laser eye surgery and plastic surgery, the the productivity gains in what they do, they find ways to reduce costs because they're competing with each other. It brings down the charges for all the people who are going there, and you've seen, if you look at a graph, those rates go way down as quality goes way up. But mm-hmm. we don't get this other kind of response because the government is telling businesses how to do their business rather than letting the consumers tell them. And I think that um, another – we read an article here on the air um, by a guy named Charles Hugh Smith uh, called The Impossible Healthcare Solution. And I love the way he nab- na- um, labels it the, um, the impossible healthcare solution because, A – 
it is impossible. We're just never going to – nothing's going to stop some kind of uh, larger socialized health care system coming upon us. Even if Obama gets defeated, they're still going to make some kind of uh, you know, changes to the, the uh, health care system here in the United States. It's going to make it that much more difficult for people to get cheap and good health care and you know, make it that much more likely that down the road we'll get it. And the other reason is people listen when you say, this is the impossible solution that would work, and that is go back to cash. I think that uh, at the federal level, it's certainly impossible. I think that on a local level, if you could declare independence and escape from the federal system, then you could have the possibility of a true free market healthcare situation. But I don't know if any of that really answered your question. So I want to bring you back here in a moment, Ray. Uh, Rich. 800-259-9231. How do you address someone who believes the insurance companies are the... This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. We continue here uh, with your calls in moments. Also, I want to tell you about uh, Jason Osborne over at SACL CAI. He has got a company, SACL CAI, that has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner right at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Jason Osborne, of course, uh, not only behind SACL CAI, but also behind so many great liberty-oriented products and services out there. Gardner Goldsmith, of course, joining us every Monday night. Uh, Jason is behind his show uh, as far as being a a major sponsor of the Gardner Goldsmith Liberty Conspiracy, which you can get and download and enjoy over at libertyconspiracy.com. SACL is behind uh, the Think Twice News. Jason Osborne, uh, thinktwicenews.com, which is a brand new-ish, I'd say now within uh, within the last few months, mm-hmm. uh, newish uh, news source on the internet. Pack- news packages available at thinktwicenews.com via YouTube, and uh, they're working on a zombie movie as well. It so I sounds guess awesome. Think Twice Productions is becoming quite the. Uh, the liberty-oriented uh, company out there doing things that are specifically liberty-oriented and, and then also just doing fun stuff as well. Although I'm sure they'll mix some sort of uh, pro-freedom message into their zombie movie. I haven't heard much about the, the plans on that yet. I can't imagine how it would escape. No, yeah, man. exactly. Wait, wait till you see this thing. All right. Jason's totally is really cool. So let's continue here. Rich is on the line. Rich, you, your question was, how do you talk to somebody who believes that insurance companies are the root of the problem with the healthcare situation in this country. Was that, was that accurate? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I had that conversation yesterday, or the day before yesterday, and at the time, the best response I could think of was that the insurance companies are not the problem or the root of the problem. They're simply a product of the environment that they're in, and that, of co- that environment, of course, is caused by government regulation. And intervention and prohibition and so on. But I would suggest, uh, I would suggest going ahead and embracing that a little bit. If that's if that's where the person you're talking to is coming from, there is a good reason for it, and that is that insurance companies suck. 
Uh, I mean, they really do uh, for well, in a lot of ways. I, they I screwed agree. a lot of people over. But if you think that insurance companies stink, just wait until I the understand. government yes, runs that's theirs. That's very cliche, Mark, and but fun. But it's true. I understand that, Mark, but that's not going to necessarily persuade uh, right off the bat this person we're talking about here. The way I would approach that that particular objection is to say, you know, I agree with you that insurance companies are part of the root of the problem. Go ahead and call them part of the root of the problem because the environment they're in, as you were talking about, Rich, is partially created by them. Uh, in many cases, it's the companies themselves that are advocating for increased regulations. So they understand that, uh, you know, the big players in the insurance game understand that if they can get their buddies in government to change the rules of the, the way they have to play the business by, that they'll be able to lock other people out of the business, prevent them from even starting up their uh, in a new company to compete in the marketplace and establish their position ever the more dominantly in the in the marketplace and when one company goes out of business it just makes it that much easier for them because it's so difficult for somebody new to start up to replace them so in a way the insurance companies are uh, part of the root of the problem because they're inherently tied in with the state they're out there asking for regulations and they're getting the regulations they're asking for and it's you know it's that regulatory atmosphere that prevents competition that could give us uh, better service. And of course, you can also talk about how the insurance companies have obviously benefited by a lot of the mandates that have come down from government as far as, you know, having businesses giving their employees health coverage and things like that. Those are that's health coverage that's being run through yeah. those big insurance companies. So give you, give you a great example uh, here in the state of New Hampshire. Well, actually, first, I was looking at a piece today from Time magazine. Uh, you know, it's sort of like hopefully they'll be out of business very soon. Um, because I detest them, but um, it's like uh, the mouthpiece for the yeah, Obama administration. It's ridiculous, you know. Um, but it's like reading Pravda, you know. But <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, they happen to mention that there are a thousand health insurance companies in the United States, but only six pretty much dominate the market. Well, the reason only Why six pretty much dominate the market is exactly what you're talking about. In various right. states around the country, over the past ten years, they have imposed all these regulations on insurance companies issuing their health insurance policies. And the large companies were usually the ones that already were tied in with the state, like Blue Cross Blue Shield and things like that. They did not touch them first. The other companies were driven out. For example, in New Hampshire, there were 10 companies in 1996 that issued private health insurance policies to people. The day a regulatory scheme went into law that forced them to have to take people with pre-existing conditions, which would drive their rates through the roof because young people would no longer buy their policies and bring clean money into the system, those six of those ten companies left the state. Wow. A couple of years after that, two more left. There were basically, after four years, there were two companies left in the state, one of which was Blue Cross Blue Shield, mm -hmm. which had already had a deal with the state that they would get a special tax write-off for a while. So, uh, so I say embrace it. It's it's one of those. It's the kind of the tactic of well, I agree. Uh, trying to agree with the person on as much as you possibly can. You're not agreeing with them that they're solely the root of the problem, but they are absolutely the big companies are tied in with the root, and that is government and its ability to control the marketplace. Does that uh, answer your question? Yes, it does. And and that brings up you've uh, you've all brought up some things that I never really thought of to articulate. And uh, it seems that government regulations, it's like a two-way thing. The government is trying to control the, the insurance companies, while at the same time, the insurance companies are trying to get the government to pass laws that will benefit them. And between both 
of these types of laws, the ones that are designed to control the insurance companies and those that are designed to benefit them, are screwing the people. Pretty much. Thanks, Rich, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That way, with that person's objection, you're embracing them. You're saying, look, I see where you're coming from. I understand what you're saying. And here's where you're absolutely right. Here's maybe a part of the picture you're missing about well, why the insurance companies are so bad or as bad as they are. I think another way that you can, can show it is um, you can basically show what the government's run, um, re- government-run insurance company, which is what Obama was proposing before it got uh, apparently it, – it, it was if not been killed, sidelined. Yeah, if it wasn't killed today, it was at least uh, dealt a mortal no, blow. It's, uh, as you uh, predicted, Gardner. Well, I've got, a, I've got a slightly different take on it, but I'll get to that in just I, I, a bit. I, okay. I, I, I don't believe that it's – uh, yeah, it's right, going to come back right. like a zombie. Yeah, brains, yeah. American <laughs> brains. Oh, yeah, well, even, even the new new development is, is quite interesting. But I think that you can show that, look, um, if you use nothing but FedEx and UPS all the time, you're going to have some complaints with those services. However, those premium services, the, the problems that you have with them pale in comparison to the problems that you have in dealing with the United States Postal Service. Sure. And there you yeah. have almost the, an, an exact parallel to what government insurance is going to look like. If you think you've got problems with insurance companies today, if you think that they're dealing poorly with their customers, and I will not um, dispute that, just wait until the government, who has no reason to do what you want them to do, runs health insurance. You're asking for a monopoly. I mean, that, that's the irony of all this, is that a lot of the people that are in favor of this government-run health care system or government-run uh, insurance company, they are essentially favoring a monopoly situation, whereas normally they would be against a monopoly. Normally, if you just ask them straight out, are you in favor of monopolies? They would say, oh, of course not. Monopolies are bad. Uh, but not when it's the government monopoly, right. because there's some sort of fantasy that goes on in their heads that suggests that, well, if someone who's like me is in charge, they'll run it efficiently, they'll yeah, run it yeah, well. Right. They'll... But they, but they won't. Well, the fact it, it, is, you know, when you look at if you look at public education, which is another great example of uh, what the government does when it's in charge, and how little of, of recourse you have in dealing with them, you may choose to go and get a premium service, but that's the only kind of recourse you have against uh, government education is lump it or leave. <laughs> and um, well, so, I mean, well, you know, it, it it just goes to show. Hmm. Guard, I know you, uh, you've got some analysis on this new change, this proposed change to sideline the government insurance option. I do want to cover that, so I'm going to make a note. We'll get to that probably coming up in Hour 3. Still got to take your calls about anything here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It sounds like it's working out as you predicted on this program last week, Guard. It's <laughs> pretty close. We're coming close. up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And if you enjoy this program, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more and get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, some of, all, uh, some of our alternate options. It's all there at amp.freetalklive.com. I want you to call and uh, take advantage of this one-week free offer of this new vitamin I've been taking. It's called Choose for Health Superfruit Complex. It, uh, it's, it's an antioxidant and a vitamin all in one, so I don't have to take the little shot of wolfberries like my uh, wife had had me taking uh, recently for antioxidants. 
is all you have to do is call 800-219-8874. They'll give you a free week of it. 800-219-8874. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. Just call 1-800-219-8874. All right. We're going to continue taking your phone calls. Severin is in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Severin. Hi, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, I had an issue I was going to talk about, but real quick I wanted to, to respond to Chris, the guy from, uh, talking about the child sex rings in uh, uh, Cambodia. Yes, sir. Mm. Um, the thing I would want to ask him, and the thing I'd want to know about Cambodia that I don't is, uh, is does the Cambodian courts, whoever runs them, do they look at uh, a child's body as their own property? And That's a good what question. is the recourse that the child um, could have, even if I know as a little child they might not have any recourse, but you know, 15, 16 years old, if they come back in and uh, pursue, try try to pursue through the court system, uh, what what kind of recourse do they have? That I don't know, but I would expect that what you'll find in a place like Cambodia is that th- there's really no recourse for those uh, children. Yeah, and I'd like to ask, what's the recourse for the uh, the teenage girls? I, I've heard uh, rumors through the grapevine around here that there's a certain police officer who uh, has a penchant for teenage girls, and uh, you know, I for one think, you know, you know, if you want to have sex with teen girls, I think they're old enough to consent. But just kind of in the, you know, the uh, the su- with the suggestion that such things are bad, uh, where's the recourse for them if the officer pulls them over? And says, "Hey, I'll, uh, you know, get rid of this ticket for you if you'll come over to my house tonight and hang out with me." Yeah. Uh, where's the recourse there? How, how do you handle something like that in, in this country? You look at. We were talking off the air a little bit about uh, Nevada and the prostitution being legal in, in most of Nevada, ex- exclusive for certain areas around Las Vegas, and uh, and you generally see that the women who work in that industry are not exploited in the ways that they are exploited when there is a black market, and um, and you find that I think as as. You know, Mark was bringing up, you look at other businesses, a UPS versus the United States Postal Service. He says, you know, you're going to get recourse and, and you can get addressability from UPS and you're not going to get it from United States Postal Service uh, in the way that you would in the private marketplace. So even I think even if you're looking for security and safety to try to dampen these sorts of bad things to happen, you again find much better addressability and responsiveness to what people really want through the marketplace because that is what they want. Wait till you hear, you know, I just, I, I just say, you know, I was reading this article about the healthcare thing. Wait to hear what Kathleen Sebelius had to say about the marketplace. She's one of the, the government people. Yeah, we'll tell people. you that later. Yeah. But, you know, you're right about that, Gardner, because uh, about the, the whole responsiveness, responsibility, uh, companies in the marketplace actually bowing to consumer demand. Mm. The situation with the cop having that level of control over the people that they've pulled over in this case the you know the young teen girls uh that situation wouldn't really exist uh in the in the marketplace because if those teenage girls went to the government cops and complained about that they'd be laughed out of the office oh come on officer so and so's not like that he's a good guy i know i play uh, you know poker with him illegally i play poker with him on the the weekends and you know we hang out he's a good guy he would never do something like that case closed you know and because we've seen the the thin blue line close around yes. its ranks we've seen them 
protect their own. And we've seen the citizens getting outraged about it. We've seen citizen uh, police watch commissions formed that are supposed to oversight the police, and that does very little uh, to actually move things forward and, and have some sort of accountability factor. It does very, very little because they're pretty much uh, neutered from, from day one. Because nobody can break through the brotherhood. They can't break through the, the thin blue line. But if some private security agent decided to uh, try to lord his control over, uh, over some teenage girl or a little kid or whatever we're talking about, if some private agent did that and somebody went to the, uh, his company and complained about it, they'd have an interest to really look into that complaint. Because if it was true... What that young person was saying about the private security agent, well, they're going to want to get rid of that guy. Because if they don't, then word's going to get around that, you know, so-and-so's company isn't doing anything about the child molester they have working for them. Hey, maybe you'll want to cancel your contract with them and come over here where we're vetting our employees better. Because there'd be that market competition factor that currently doesn't exist because, again, we're dealing with a monopoly. And it's so funny, Mark, having you say, uh, well, if you think health is bad now, wait until the government's in charge. Suggesting that, well, healthcare with a few providers kind of sucks, as we've seen, because it's restricted by the uh, the government. But if it was just the government, it would be even worse, and that's true. But that's what we have now with government policing is the government program that is a monopoly. Think of how much better it could be if it was actually subject to competition. Any other thoughts there, Severin? Well, not on that subject, no. Anything else on your mind? Yeah, I ha- um in Colorado, we have uh, medical marijuana facilities similar to uh, California. Mm-hmm. And I was reading an article the other day where uh, they were uh, several of them got raided, and uh, they were raided by the FBI. And the thing is, is that when questioned by the news agency that I was that I had read it, it was our local NBC affiliate. The FBI uh, didn't uh, say what they were raiding them for. They just said that it doesn't have anything to do with marijuana, yet um, apparently they still took the marijuana sure they and they still uh, 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 seized all the records for patients, etc. Right. doesn't and matter that it was completely legal. doesn't matter that those companies uh, that are operating those compassion clubs or whatever they're called in, in Colorado, I know that's what they're called in uh, California, that uh, they were running by the book, that they were completely doing what the, the state law required them to do, jumping through whatever hoops they jumped through. The Fed, it doesn't matter to the feds. They'll just come in, take all your marijuana, take all your cash, and you're out of business. That's what's been happening, and it's happened again and again. And it's and, continued to happen after Obama promised it would stop. And, you know, I've got to tell you, just as, as a little tangent, but I think also uh, salient to this conversation, uh, I've been listening to some Boston talk host, and he's out there. He supposedly tell, touts himself as a libertarian. He drives me up the wall sometimes, Jay Severin. Oh, is he still employed? Yeah, he's, yeah he's still going. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, sometimes he does a great job de- defending freedom, but he's not grounded enough in the philosophical uh, beliefs of, of and, and evidence uh, grounding freedom. And so he was talking about— It doesn't the, help that he's a bigot. Yeah, it's, from what I can tell. Yeah, he's he's pretty nasty on immigration. It's pretty awful. And um, but anyway, uh, he he was uh, talking about the poppy crop in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and he was saying, well, you know what what needs to be done here is you know this poppy crop. And this is sort of funny when you're talking about government because it sounds like poppycock. But uh, when this poppy crop has uh, funded <laughs> al-Qaeda. They get so much money in Pakistan and Afghanistan that uh, he says what we've got to do is go in and wipe out the poppy crop. 
and and just destroy it. And I was thinking, oh yeah, that's a really good way to get all those people in Afghanistan to like the U.S. citizens. It's worked so well in Colombia. Yeah, go and take away their recourse, their means of sustaining their families and their kids. Do that instead of actually allowing them to come above board, start real businesses, and decriminalize this stuff. Now, that's, yeah, don't uh, forget that the fact that if the government goes out to destroy uh, poppy crops, that they will, in fact, destroy lots of other crops, too, because that's point. how the government sure. works. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I would suggest that if we're going to do that, let's just go ahead and use Agent Orange so that we can have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of costs for taking care of our veterans afterwards, because, you know, that, that kind of thing's going to happen. We've done this crap before, yeah. people. Yeah. Don't do it again. It doesn't work. And and then his alternative is to have the government buy the crop and destroy it. <laughs> it's like, what you don't understand nut. economics. You're foolish on this. See, this is the pro- one of the problems with talk radio. These, is these people uh, like Jay Severin calling themselves libertarians. Yeah, Not yeah. even close. He has, he, I think he's stopped. And and sometimes, you know. Thank goodness. Yeah, anyway, so I just wanted to bring that up. Because and that's not you, right? Severin, you're a different Severin. Severin in Colorado. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my, Severin's my first name. All right. Okay. But, I've been asked online before if I was Jay Severin. That's funny. Is That's it spelled funny. the same way? Yeah. His last name is really Severino. So, um, is yeah. that true? Yes. Yes. Thank right. you for the call tonight, uh, Severin. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line coming up. The government's health care plan has shifted ever so slightly, and Gardner, you will explain. You will explicate. You will enlighten. You will uh, help us understand what's going on. Either that or I'm going to go grab some of that poppy crop. Oh, if I only could. I tried a little opium tea and it was kind of fun. But that's the only experience I've ever had with it. Not my cup, sir. You take control, not your cup. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Right back into your phone calls. We go to Todd in Michigan on the AMP line. Hello, Todd. Hey, Mark, Ian, and Gard. What's up, guys? What's on your mind tonight, Todd? Well, uh, I'm sure you guys have already heard that uh, the Senate does not have enough votes for the public option. And uh, I have to admit, and I was talking to Mark about this online earlier, uh, he mentioned that it was a hollow victory. And I have to agree it's a hollow victory because it's going to come back in some form or another, it's going to be repackaged, and we're going to go through the same old rigmarole 
before you know it. Well, I'm pretty sure Gardner uh, is going to inform us here as to how it's already been repackaged, right, Gardner? I mean, isn't yeah. it already been put yeah, forth? Yeah, it's, this is, you know, it, it's amazing because these guys have so many uh, redundancies built into their, into their attack plans, Todd, as you know, and uh, it's a totally Pyrrhic victory, and this is exactly what I worried about because there's no reason that anybody who favors freedom should celebrate as far as policy goes here. They sh- the only reason they should celebrate is that people got generated in energy and and hopefully they'll sustain it. Got to be very careful here. What they're going to do is um, is well. Here's essentially here's the deal. Uh, what they're going to do is they're going to create what they call a cooperative. Okay, this is going to be. I've heard of it. Right. This this is the new proposal. And and it's amazing how quick they came up with it too. Right. And it's, like, and it's huh. yeah amazing that they they just came up with this Especially out of thin air after the whole death panel controversy that just died down yeah. and all the republicans were going nuts about it yeah but well, now the so, republicans can claim that they've done something and they can pat themselves on the back go with this that this is exactly the problem that drives me nuts and and people people have got to get these republican guys out of there and and if they're gonna vote and replace them with more probably, i don't know it's it's frustrating but yeah here's the deal todd and i just wanted to make sure i called up this article correctly so i want to speak more fluidly here here's here's what's going on they're going to create these so-called health cooperatives right which are supposed to be non-profit it's going to be a non-profit overall umbrella organization because profits are evil we can't have people making profits but it but it's going to be run by the government because they're going to get government money in other words it's like the corporation for public broadcasting government version of the hmo industry except it's run by the government it's it's very similar it's and and it and they're they're specifically doing this, Todd, because they want to any way they can, they want to get some form of an outlet, some government outlet to start to absorb all these people that the government itself is going to inspire oh, to become geez. angry at their private insurance companies. And this is how it's gonna go down. I would bet a million bucks on this thing if I had it. They are going to there, – there is one thing that's going to come out of this, and I said it last week. It is going to be a guaranteed issue mandate on private insurance companies because the guaranteed issue mandate on private insurance companies will force those companies to accept people with preexisting conditions. Mm-hmm. Their rates will skyrocket, as we've seen here in the state of New Hampshire. Then people within two to three years, you'll see rates going up at least 200, sometimes 400 percent. People will complain, and now they're going to have the outlet. We'll go into this government entity. The government entity. Well, you know it's. Well, I was just. It's very interesting. Yeah. Well, you know it's it's very interesting that the Examiner uh, op-ed came out by Timothy P. Carney. I don't know if you saw this card, but he basically ripped the health insurance industry apart, Mm -hmm. and he basically pointed out, you know, that Nancy Pelosi was was right about one thing that they are, you know, the um, they are the villains. Although I would say. More correctly, it's more both the government and the insurance lobbyists yes, right. are See, the villains and, and, and here. And this is, yeah, well, this is this is where I, I and I, I'm sorry to jump in, but this is where I slightly disagree with with Ian, and I slightly disagree because what you've got to do in this instance, in in my opinion. Uh, is you've got to, as much as possible, recognize that the government is causing these problems. And and if you're if you start to say things like, 
and and it's true, you know, that insurance companies, certain insurance companies, try to get government assistance so they can beat well, their would, smaller com- competition. I, I would try to counter that in a way because the, they're not exactly in favor of the free market. Let's let's be honest here. Let's uh, let's cut to the chase. Well, not, not see exactly. see you, see the problem is you're you're painting with a broad brush. There are a lot of insurance companies that are in favor of the free market. My insurance company is called Golden Rule. They're named Golden Rule because of the Golden well, I'm not Rule. All of them are. No, see, what well, this is, all, but I'm this not. is, see, but if you use that rhetoric, you run the risk of falling into their trap. You've got to really delineate what you're shooting for, which is a free market thing. And sometimes, if you if you even touch on their rhetoric, you're you're actually helping their cause. It's a, it's a really really tricky thing to do. What you've got to do is you've got to concentrate on econo- fundamental economic lessons. Question here. guard: Is your company one of the biggest players? No, they are not. That's why I always qualify it with the biggest players yeah, on the well block. Stated, it's, well it's stated. It's always the biggest ones, That's the most established, perfect. that are the ones working hand-in-hand hand with yes, government. There yes. are some, probably some exemptions to that general rule, but I think in general, when you see companies lobbying for new uh, regulations well, for their industry, it's the big boys on the block, the ones that have been around the longest, the ones that are the most it. enmeshed with the state. I, 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 hear, I, I hear what you're saying, Gard, and, and I'm not saying that all the insurance companies are doing this, but see, the problem is is that some of the insurance, the biggest players, like Blue Cross Blue Shield, for example, okay, they're the ones that actually have lobbied to basically destroy competition, which really hasn't helped, you know, um, the, the, the Republican side, and it's also strengthened the Democratic side. That's so, right. But again, the Republicans don't really have a side, do they? I mean, the, the Republicans just have kind of an image uh, that suggests that they're against whatever the Democrats are for. Uh, so if well, as long as they can side. get the Democrats, as long as they can well, get they the Democrats a... to uh, just break down on one thing, the Republicans is, have had a win. Yeah. And so, that's... Yeah. you know, see, I don't I'm not I'm not saying that it's not fruitful to bring up companies like Blue Cross Blue Shield and the big companies that have have gotten government favors. I mean, for goodness sake, Blue Cross Blue Shield was favored by the state government for a long time here in New Hampshire. Uh, they were considered pretty much a nonprofit organization. They could do anything they wanted to and they got special tax but breaks. I would agree with you. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's it would be unfair to uh, basically paint them all with a broad brush. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the, the only, but, the only... You know, but but the interesting thing is, if the government had not you know placed all these mandates on insurers in the first place. Well, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, to that's begin with. that's what I try to stress. Thank and, you, Todd, and, for and the call. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, absolutely. And it is it is valuable. I think if someone does bring it up, or as a as a secondary thing, just a comment to say, look, I am aware that certain large businesses get favors out of this. But what we're talking about is the 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 organic dynamic of health insurance has been corrupted by government for decades, uh, going all the way back to Roosevelt, uh, then going back to the 1970s with Ted Kennedy uh, bringing in a tax break for businesses that got HMO coverage for their employees, which then shifted the balance over towards HMOs. Then states started to impose regulations on these poor individual companies that are trying to provide insurance. All I wanted to say is this. Out of this plan, what you're going to see, and, and the tactics on convincing people of the salutary nature of free markets, uh, you know, we can hit upon those. But as far as the breaking news of this thing goes, this is what's going on. People uh, like Kent Conrad, a Democrat of North Dakota, he, uh, as this article, the AP article reports, under a proposal by Senator Kent Conrad, this is the latest news, and this is where they're going. Mm-hmm. 
they, a consumer-owned non-profit cooperative would sell insurance in competition with private industry. Consumer-owned cards? Yeah. See, it's not owned by the government. Consumers. Right. And that's bogus. It's not going to be consumer-owned. It will be like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Oh, you mean it's consumer-owned like the town square is consumer-owned, where the city of Keene claims ownership on behalf of all the consumers, it'll, it'll right? Be, it'll be a private corporation in name only. What it'll be is it will have the promise of government bailouts at any time. Mm-hmm. It will be able to do it'll anything It'll be started it with government money, It'll right? be started with $4 billion of government money, which will increase the year after that and the year after that. And the more you hear about it, the more people will be turning to this, the more go- the government is going to be giving these these guys this money. It will It will start up this competition against the private market. So they're saying that the government option is off the table, and what they've done is they've replaced the so-called government option, which was a proposed government bureaucracy, with one something that is basically a government-run bureaucracy, exactly. but not exactly in the same terminology as like the uh, the post office or Freddie Mae or Fannie Mac or whatever. Exactly. Those are Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, whoever they Actually, are. Actually, the Freddie Mae, uh, uh, those are pretty good examples. We'll expound in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, it's your show, and you can bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We have a lot of features. We give them all away. The Shrine of Female Listeners is one of them. Dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video proving they listen to the show. See what I mean? By going to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You don't have to pay all that money for a lawyer. A lot of documents can be covered by LegalZoom.com. They're empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. All you have to do is use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com, code FTL. So I wonder, are the Republicans really excited Um are they, they partying are, over this? That, that's the thing is, um, you know, the point that we were making Victory. here that, that I didn't feel uh, was made properly is the Republicans did win. Um, they absolutely did win on this one. Oh, what's the, that mean? Well, they, they defeated Obama and his plan. But, but the American people lost. Lost. Good point. The Mark. Republicans win because this is a political ba- battle right, for yeah, them. Right, this right. isn't a battable for freedom or free markets or anything like that. For them, it's just a political battle and obama took a black eye or a bloody lip or whatever uh, you know analogy you want to make however the american people have just gotten this hollow victory where they're going to get something uh, yeah. some watered down version of obamacare Ob- which right. is well, that's just think it. even more o- obama didn't it. take a black eye and, and guard you've got the details here and i want to dig into them in a moment but obama didn't take a black eye it's like he came to the fight with something up covering his face, and that might have gone away. It's kind of like when you, uh, like when you go to a garage sale, and there's something that you want to buy, and you, know, you make an offer on it, and that person has built in a certain amount onto the top of the price because they know if they start the garage sale at 6 in the morning, the early birds come out, think they can get some kind of deal, and are going to try to offer you something. Well, no, I want to get $80 for that, uh, that dresser, and so that's why I've marked the price up to $100. Because that way, when you come in and you say, I'll offer you 75 for that dresser, I can say, ah, 
Yeah, it's how about eighty or yeah. you know something like that? That way I can get exactly what I wanted by marking the price up a little bit. These guys knew when they were coming to the fight that they were going to probably have to bend on something, and so they've bent. The Republicans can make it look like they won, and the the Democrats are going to get ninety nine point nine percent of their you know their plan passed in just a different, slightly differing configuration. It'll it's come an illusion. But from the political and, standpoint, dem- the Democrat politicians don't really get anything in the short term on this one. Um, I'm sorry to say, but Obama did take a black eye. And from, uh, you know, th- this is going to affect his presidency negatively. And uh, it, But it's not going to matter to the American people or the growth of government uh, one whit. If we get a Republican in the, the next time, is the government going to slow in its growth? No. Heck no. This, is great. Again, this hasn't yeah. even slowed anything either. And this has not done a damn thing this to, is like, to shrink government. This is like two rapists uh, <laughs> arguing over some yeah. tied up woman in the corner and you are the tied up woman in the corner yeah i mean you know so these guys uh, you know argue uh, for whatever reason uh, instead of cutting off her clitoris they're going to cut off her two feet they're, they're, they're going to hurt her yeah, yeah absolutely and that's what's going to happen so and, 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 and by the way on, on that point it seems interesting because so many republicans seem to exist in this dream world where they say well once we get that victory then we can go back and fix things and make things better <laughs> so we'll compromise now having gotten this victory and yeah sure government's going to grow a little bit, but we will look like we've done something. Barack Obama will have been put in his place, and we'll have more people who will be in a position to run for Congress, and then we'll change everything. Yeah, like that has ever happened. Just look at uh, that fraud Newt Gingrich. Yeah, Um, what I was going to say was... Look at the George Bush administration, the contract with America. I mean, how much more evidence do you need? Apparently a lot of Americans need more evidence, because they still haven't given up on this uh, two-party paradigm. This is a perfect example. I was talking with Glenn Jacob and also Furt from Freedom Book Club, and uh, it's the perfect example of the Hegelian dialectic, where, as you as you were saying, it's like this, you, you, you push over f- much further than what you expect you're going to get, you try to get the whole ball of wax, and as long as you, you get what you originally intended, you're on the right track, and this is exactly where they're going. So here's this deal. This thing, this new monstrosity they're going to create... Uh, as I mentioned, it says uh, the AP article uh, says under a proposal by Kent Conrad, Democrat of North Dakota, and we all love him so much. Uh, consumer-owned nonprofit cooperatives would sell insurance in competition with private industry. Now that sentence itself uh, is so rife with falsehoods; it's just ridiculous. But it continues. There's a comment. It's understandable that the journalists don't ask any questions. I don't know what they're they talking about. What exactly. do they know? They've heard the term co- uh, co-op before. Yeah, co-ops exist in the marketplace. That must be able to right. Exist. Well, they yeah. talked to this guy Conrad or one of his representatives on the phone, probably one of his aides. And you know, the aide said something like, "Oh, it's going to be consumer-owned." And the journalist says, "Oh, great, consumer-owned. Yeah. Okay, I'll just write that down because mm-hmm. you see, you're a government person, so what you say must be true." <laughs> you got it. And then and then they go on here and they tra- they reinforce. This they say with three to four billion in initial support from the government, the co-ops would operate under a national structure with state affiliates, but uh, otherwise known as Soviets, but independent <laughs> of the government. Uh, they would be required. And then the very next sentence shows you they're not going to be independent of the government. And we have a quote from Kathleen Sebelius that tells you they're not going to be independent of the government that says here they would be required to maintain the type of financial reserves that private companies are required to keep in case of unexpectedly high claims. This is just like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. It's going to be it's going to happen. If they're required to maintain that type of financial reserve, where's the money going to come from if they don't have it? 
I want the feds. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to come from the feds. It will always come from Your the feds. Your pocket. They will fund it every few years. They'll right. keep pumping money into Anytime it. Anytime you will... run an organization that doesn't have to run efficiently because they will get bailed out by people who have to pay for them, you are going to get an organization that doesn't run efficiently and will be bailed out by the people that it's have to pay Mark, it. independent, Mark. Consumer-owned. Exactly. Independent. Now, consumer-owned. Uh, independent. just keeps saying it. Consumer-owned. Yes. yes. Right. They keep on telling me the post office is independent, too. Go to Cato and look up post office. You will see how much every year we pay to keep the this quasi-independent organization called the post office going. Here's the final, the final piece of evidence here. That there are two quotes. Kathleen Sebelius, Sec- Secretary of Health and Human Services, says, I think there will be a competitor to private insurers. That's really the essential part, is you don't turn over the whole new marketplace. What an egotistical jerk. You don't turn over over the whole new marketplace to private insurance companies and trust them to do the right thing. Can you, can you, if they don't, look, this is just the arrogance (laughs) of that statement makes me want to just split my head open and have spiders crawl out of it. It's just the worst possible indictment against this woman what an arrogant jerk to say something like that first she says i think there will be a competitor to private insurers that tells you we are correct it is a government organization they are creating because it is not private if it's not private what is it it's government uh, yeah. publicly publicly owned exactly not government it's yes. publicly owned. and then she says that's really the essential part is you don't turn over the whole new marketplace to private insurance companies and trust them to do the right thing well, gee, you know, it's funny because you can trust them to do the right thing because they have to cater to the people who want them to do these things. I the don't consumers. really trust them to do the right thing. I trust them to respond to market, uh, you know. Uh, As defined by the consumers. Right. They define what is right. The companies that cater to them will do well. The Only companies that theory. don't will do crappy. Only in theory. And turn because, to the government for help. Well, yes, ideally in the free marketplace that yes. would be the case. But in the, the current marketplace, they do what they're told. They are. They will it. do what they're mandated, and there will be more mandates coming down the pipe as well, which of course will kill the insurance companies off. We'll get to the rest of the story the in a moment. Pipes. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives, free of commercial breaks, and other perks. Join AMP for just three dollars per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gar. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download they are yours completely free, right there on the front page of the website, freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies, that's what the readers of Freedoms Phoenix get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch I get a, a morning and afternoon dispatch and do most of my show through freedomsphoenix.com. So seriously, on this health care issue, the Republicans, what are, they, what are they saying? Because I don't listen to the talk show guys out there, and they're kind of the mouthpieces for the Republican establishment, the, the Limbaugh's and the Limbaugh wannabes of the, the talk radio world. 
Has, has anybody listened in on this, you know, with this news coming out about, yeah, they, oh, we've got a change to this uh, health care plan. We're really going to change it up. No more government option. This isn't going to be government at all. It's going to be uh, privately, uh, well, not privately owned, but a co-op that will be run by the people. Of course, it'll be operated by government people, but, you know, it's I don't not think really Repub- going to be government. But- I don't think the Republicans are going for this. Absolutely no? not. No. I would think that the Republicans are likely um, on the side of, you know, the big insurance companies and the big... Uh, um, pharmaceutical companies who do not want to see this new regulation come through, and that now that they have the Democrats on a route, um, and you know they've so, turned them and they've got them running, that they'll try to keep them running further. What uh, what this uh, this co-op idea that Gardner's been talking about here is. FUD. Um, it is uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt is to muddy the water so that people are like, all right, well, what? Because uh, now Obama can say, we're not, we're not talking about a, uh, a, a government insurance program anymore. We're not talking about that. This is more lies put out by the Republicans. So this That's right, is, sweetie. It's just, I wish I could do a better Barack Obama. I, I, I just can't do one. He does kind of sound like Elvis, though. He's got a little Elvis-David Brinkley combo. Yeah, Honestly, I, I haven't listened to him enough to really know what he sounds he's like. He's got a cadence more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, and what, what, uh, right now, what I've heard, I tried to listen to a little of Rush today, and I heard some of uh, Sean Hannity. Luckily, I was not Hannitized, thank goodness. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, they're, they're not proclaiming victory. Uh, in fact, they're not even. I didn't even hear very much talk about this uh, this new proposal. I think they want to look at it a little bit, a little bit more. And I think they're still both thinking that something something bad is coming down the pike. I th- they're pushing it. And and you know, uh, for all the the faults that those guys have, I do appreciate. Uh, first of all, uh, Limbaugh's sense of humor is kind of funny. But they also sometimes, you know, if I'm looking for some stats, those guys, I mean, they've got researchers. They're they're grabbing some stuff. Okay, cool. You know. Um, I I get annoyed listening to Hannity a lot. Uh, Rush and sometimes drives me crazy on a number of issues, but I do I do gather some some data from those guys occasionally that can be useful. Right now, uh, they're not letting off the uh, the accelerator trying to push this thing. They're definitely pushing. Okay, because I was under the impression this was being pr- promoted as a win for the Republicans. It well the, the Republicans. The, the the party the politicians right I don't I don't know how to describe it yeah the politicians that's the best way to say it talk about the people the politicians the Republicans did have a victory on this and there's no doubt about it um, but and you're saying the Tea Party things is not they're not going to stop as a result of this one change I, I don't I, I don't know whether the Tea Parties are or not the Republicans the party want to keep the the route going they want to keep the Democrats on the run uh, retreating. And the tea parties, I don't know. I mean, maybe the maybe the individuals will say, well, it looks like we can go home now. We won. And that's what I'm wondering. When is that point going to be reached? From what Gardner's saying, it's not there yet. I don't think we're there yet. But I can tell you when the point will be reached. It will um, that that is still with larger government. They will <laughs> there yes. will still be an institution yeah. of more government into this scenario. Even if it's in the, the 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 area of deregulation, that will still be more government, and they you will and the Republicans will get to you know go yep. have their little parade and pat themselves on the back as though they've done something for liberty. When right. the point of fact, the government has become more involved in the healthcare system. Here's a here's because a good, here's because a good, as Gardner has said, they are going to push 
these mandates on the insurance companies. That That's, seems yes, to be the bare minimum do. of I what's going to happen. I think the one thing they want to do is they'll they'll give up everything yep. else if they can get those things done, and that's it for us. Because it the sets the stage. Game. Yeah, I just wrote a piece, and, well, and yeah, that's it. It's I think up. that uh, the Repub- Republicans will try to ha- keep that from happening, and those are going to be the easiest things for the Democrats to get, are those mandates on the insurance yeah. companies, because they've asked for so much more, like you and, said, and, and they'll, they're liable to get and, them. And also, just, uh, just to pop in, the faces of the people who can't get health insurance can be shown. Yeah. And 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 everybody feels bad about them. Mm-hmm. And and that's they've got the emotional the emotional lever. But I'd like to to point out with deregulation, even if the Republicans were to get this kind of sort of turned around um and we'd see less government intervention in the area of health insurance. When you see deregulation, like, for instance, they deregulated, I think it was 1996, the radio industry, mm-hmm. which would allow, which allowed companies like Clear Channel to buy up all the stations in America. They had 1,600 radio stations at their peak out of the 8,000 radio stations there were, if I've mm-hmm. got that number right. That's, those are numbers lot. I was told. They I were don't the big, know. big dogs. They certainly were. Um, and uh, at that point, that was deregulation allowed them to do that. However... The the um, radio industry was still regulated to the point that no one could just pop in. Yeah, and it didn't make it easier compete. for you and I to buy a radio station. Right, so mm-hmm. it wasn't really deregulation. It was different regulation. Sure, some of the regulations that were there were taken away, but the regulations that remained just had a different effect in the marketplace. If you if they had gotten rid of regulation, real deregulation, then you would have seen mom and pop uh, radio stations popping up all over, kids putting God knows what gangster rap on and and yeah. and, and offense. Of stuff, you would have seen all kinds of different things happening in the marketplace till um, an equilibrium was reached, and you would have had, you know, really what we would have had, because the government always causes problems, and when when you have this void where the government would would leave an area, you'd still have more problems. Uh, you know, sometimes somebody says something. Like, I love what you just said. It wasn't deregulation; it was different regulation. Sometimes uh, these things, they're not only good uh, rhetorically, but they're good for my my thinking process as well, to be able to articulate it to someone else in a way. I really liked what you had to say. Yeah, know. you really have to analyze what happened and then find determine whether or not the term they've applied to yeah. it is accurate. Yeah. Because it's like you're saying, they're saying on one hand, this new uh, corporation or uh, publicly run, how, I forget the, the term, yeah, the co-op. cooperative, yes. uh, consumer-owned is what they said. Yes, consumer-owned. You know, this, this new consumer-owned, uh, blah 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 cooperative, you know, they're putting all these terms on it, no connections to government, except for the billions of dollars. You know, they, so it's not what they're saying it is and deregulation is not what they say it is privatization is not you know marketization it's just another restructuring of the the status quo or the deck chairs on the titanic but i got an email last week from the white house and we'd we'd scratched the surface on on some of what it had to say about what their plan is and these are the things they really want to do to the insurance companies they want to uh, make it so they take everybody that walks through their doors, regardless of pre-existing conditions. They want to limit the amounts of uh, co-pays and, ex- and deductibles that people will have to charge. Again, increasing prices, increasing costs for the insurance companies, and increasing costs to the end user. Ends cost sharing for preventative care, meaning that insurance companies will have to fully cover without charge, which 
you know, at the time charge. They'll charge people through their, their plan uh, amounts. But to go to uh, checkups and tests and preemptive yeah. uh, tests. So like the oil change, it's like your, your car insurance paying for your oil changes or your, you know, your new tires that you're, that you're putting on. So that's going to dramatically increase costs. Sure. And this is, then you have what, you know, 25-year-old and 30-year-old people who are perfectly healthy exactly. going to get checkups at doctors. and As often and, as they can. And that cost being passed on to people who don't, I mean, you just don't, who don't need, need it. it. They do not need it. Ends dropping of coverage for seriously ill, so they'll be prohibited from dropping or watering down insurance coverage. Uh, ends gender discrimination. Insurance companies will be prohibited from charging you more because of your gender. Six, ends annual annual lifetime caps on coverage. Insurance companies will be prevented from placing annual or lifetime caps. All of these things are designed to dramatically increase the costs these companies have to bear. Uh, seven, extends coverage for young adults. This one I love. Children would continue to be eligible for family coverage through the age of... 25. 26. (laughs) Now, you want to talk about the mentality of childification of America, encouraging people to believe that you're still a child all the way through your mid-20s? Here it is, right there in the White House's email. More coming up here. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call if you make it right now. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn various different ways to help get the show on more radio stations and into more ears around the world. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com. And if you are looking at this healthcare situation and the rest of the governmental tyranny that you're seeing all around the country, and you're getting pretty frustrated by it, yes, you should be, because it's pretty much inevitable, as we're talking about here tonight, that you know the government is going to take over the healthcare business. Maybe not this year. Maybe not next year, but maybe a few years down the line, it will have you know 99 to 100 percent of all of the healthcare industry under locks, you know, complete control. And if that's frustrating to you, and you're not sure what you can do about it, because I don't think there's much that can be done uh, on the federal level, I don't think there's any way to turn this around. Nobody is, Mark. You've called it the impossible solution. Going back to cash, going back to getting the government out of uh, healthcare entirely. It's an impossible solution. Nobody uh, inside the Beltway is proposing this. Nobody. The proposal is either modifying the government system in this way or modifying the government system in this way, but never scaling it back and getting the government out. Nobody ever puts that forth. So if you are like me and you've come to the conclusion there's not very much likely that you are going to be able to change in Washington, D.C., get on up here to New Hampshire. Join the Free State Project, and that doesn't have to be your only motivation, but since we're on the healthcare topic, uh, come on up here and, and get together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people who are willing to do something, who are willing to make a stand, who are willing to get involved in a way that you've probably never seen before where you're from. You've probably never experienced the level of activism that is happening here in New Hampshire. There is activism happening on so many different fronts that are in, in the activism is in favor of liberty. 
There's political action. There's outside the system market-based civil disobedience. There's uh, media being created here. I know the I know we're not on this hour, but the guys from BoldVoices.tv are moving here. I just saw that uh, announcement yesterday. Mm-hmm. So they are coming, which is great. Another liberty-oriented uh, station, if you want to call them that, on the Internet, going to be originating from here in New Hampshire, which is awesome news. And so just the, the influencers, the uh, the people that have the media, people that are coming here that want to create media. New Hampshire is the, the liberty media capital of the world. And the fact is the these ideas are persuasive, and they're going to work on people over time. And you're going to see the biggest changes for liberty here in New Hampshire because of the Free State Project, because of dozens and then hundreds and then thousands. We're up to the hundreds point now, yeah. and soon thousands of liberty-oriented people moving here and actually doing something about freedom. Does that mean that uh, the Free State Project supports secession or declaring independence? No. It's just a, a project that's designed to move as many liberty activists to the same place as possible. But I can tell you, I don't know very many people that don't support. I mean, uh, from the people that I know. If not, um, if, if not complete independence for New Hampshire, at the very least, basically real independence for New Hampshire, uh, a sovereignty of the statehood and all that kind of thing. So, so it's, come on it's, up. It's, it's just an issue of degrees. Yeah. So if you love freedom and you want people, you want to be free yourself and you understand that in order to be free yourself, you must allow others to also be free. Come on up here. Go to freestateproject.org. Get involved. We're seeing more people move here every single week. It's a lot of fun. Freestateproject.org. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced, and my life is totally different since I've been here, and it's been the best decision. Yeah, so is mine. Uh, in great. One of my best decisions that I've ever made. All right, let's go uh, and just wrap up this uh, eight things that they're going to do. They're going to force down the insurance company's throats in order to put them out of business down the line. And we've been talking about I'm not going to go over it again. Uh, it, it came from the White House. I'm sure you can get a copy of this email somewhere. But it's what they're doing is they're kind of breaking down what they're going to force down these companies' throats and explaining it a little bit better. Uh, and the final point is they'll guarantee insurance renewal. Insurance companies will be required to renew any policy as long as the policyholder pays their premium in full. Insurance companies won't be allowed to refuse renewal because someone became sick. So down the line, point after point, doing things to dramatically increase the costs of doing business for these insurance companies, all the while they're going to create some sort of alternate option. And as we found out here tonight, it's not going to be 100% government. It's going to be mostly government-controlled and created, but they're going to just pawn it off as an alternative that's uh, consumer-owned and somehow not uh, a government arm. It will basically be an arm of the state. Just they'll, It'll be its own corporation, which people don't realize, but corporations are arms of the state. Corporations are essentially legal fictions. They're file folders created to protect people in industry, and so they'll go and they'll form this corporation so they can say, see, it's not a government bureaucracy, it's a corporation, as though that's any less government-oriented than a government bureaucracy, especially when this corporation is getting startup money, billions of dollars of startup money from taxpayers, and they'll be on the hook, the government, the taxpayers will be on the hook anytime these companies, these corporations, run out of money because the government has an interest in propagating them longer than the insurance companies run for, because when the insurance companies finally close their doors, the government's 
corporation or consumer-owned co-op, as they'll be calling it, will be able to absorb those customers into its system, making more people reliant on government for uh, for their health care services and just making an awful, awful situation yeah, worse. Just try to imagine for a second one of these government co-ops that's set up so that consumers have uh, uh, you know b- better, cheaper access to health care and the ones that don't have... Uh, that have a pre-existing conditions can't be turned away by these co-ops. Try to imagine for a second them, one of them having financial trouble and it going out of business. Really? A government set up co-op uh, going out of business? Does that really make sense to anyone? A government program going, uh, like stopping, ceasing to, be, uh, to, to exist? That the bureaucrats that work for these, this organization uh, are going to just go down uh, oh. quietly? Come on. We need Come competition on. in the marketplace, Mark. We've got right. to keep these guys alive, like with the car companies. Imagine if you had uh, booksellers, right? <clears throat> if there were a government book company that they started, right, with $4 billion of seed money, and then they told all the publishing companies out there that they had to publish anybody who came to them with a, with a, with a text – it had to be X number of pages in length. They had to sell it at a certain amount of price, and they had to keep printing them and putting them into the stores regardless of the popularity of the books. What would happen? Sounds like the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, those private companies would go out of business. The authors would start to turn to the government company. Right, because you won't be able to start a new company. Yeah, and I mean, the consumers in this, in this, will have no choice. Right, in this climate... You would not be able to go and launch your own insurance company. There's no way you'd be There's able no to way. make it through the maze of Great regulation. Point. So that's what's coming down the, the pike. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to Daniel in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Daniel. Daniel? I guess uh, not, not to want to change the subject. No, it's Free Talk Live. You can do that. Go ahead. This type of health care anyway, you know, and uh, individuals were sick in there and they had to get medical coverage because you were care, custody, and control. So Where I was this? I'm sorry. Jail. In jail? Uh, prison. No, prison. not jail. Jail is called county. Got it. All right. So what about it? Thanks for the primer. Uh, it's pretty much the same type of stuff they offer you in there. You know, it's a basic insurance policy, and individuals who wanted health care would have to actually file lawsuits and fight for it. And uh, if you fought too much, you would end up in the box, or you would get moved to another facility, and you learned your lesson not to stand up to the system. Yeah, you'll take what they give you. That's how that works. And you'll wait but hours and hours to get it. Um, you'll you'll sit in the, yeah. you'll you'll go there at 5:45 a.m. Uh, at exactly. sick call, and you'll sit there until two o'clock in the afternoon when they're ready to see you. And then you get shackled up again to go back where you came from, whatever how many hours it was away from the main area. So that probably might happen. You know, the main hospital for the government might be two three hours away. Wow, that's grim. In order it's... to health care, then you. Travel back, so it's six hours just to get around. But uh, not to keep going on that, I wanted to change the issue that I was on parole and I was attempting to go to college. I let all the letter, uh, letter listeners know, and the parole officer prevented me from going to college because since I'm all, I was owned by the state, they must send a letter out. So he decided on himself to not never send a letter, and it caused me to think bad and wanted to go sell drugs again. He just said, you know, my hope was college. That was it. All my hope in prison was read books and go to college because yeah. that's where you make it in computer geek stuff. Yeah. Well, he prevented me, and eventually I just lost hope. But uh, I like to let the listeners know that government bureaucrats are making decisions that are, are hurting their community. 
Absolutely they are. On one side, they say they're supposed to be rehabilitating, rehabilitating people. They're preventing them from going to college if that's what they believe is going to help them. Yes. They're not allowing them to. I have going in there, going in there like a child waiting for his father to come and pick him up. I wish we had more time. I thank you for the call tonight, and I, I understand your frustration. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate the idea that his uh, that he's taking away his own power by saying that the you know the, the bureaucrat took away his choices, and he certainly had other choices. I, I, I get that, but at the you know I, I, I hear his frustration. He's not allowed time. to go to college if he's on parole. And college isn't the only answer for making money and being successful. But if you think that's your path, you should be able to follow it. I concur. See you tomorrow night. Sure. FreeTalkLive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.